Hello, and welcome to the School of Attraction podcast. I'm Damien Dicker, and I'll be talking to you about a range of topics from dating, attraction, masculinity, sexuality, life philosophy, and much, much more. So without any further ado, let's get started. I hope you enjoy listening to today's podcast just as much as I've enjoyed creating it. Right now, during the current apocalypse, there's really no denying that online dating has become the biggest, most popular way, and almost the only way, to successfully meet women right now. And while it is the biggest and most popular right now, and even though I make entire training courses on how to absolutely like kill it at online dating, I'll be the first to admit that it is also a seriously flawed way to meet women. There are a lot of problems inherent in online dating, at least the way that online dating work now, especially apps like Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, that make it really untenable for the long term. Today, what I'm going to do is have a bit of a mental exploration about what the next big dating trend could be after online dating. Why would you want to do this? Well, other than just I like to think about human behavior and I like to be a bit of a futurist and think about what's coming next, there is a lot in it for you. What is that? It's that if you can be the first in on a new dating trend, on the next big dating thing, you can live like an absolute king for a while, (laughs) right? With his own harem. Why? Because just it takes a long time between early adopters to get into a new trend and the, the, the major market to join them. If you think about Tinder in the early days when Tinder first hit it off and became like popular, it was like it was literally shooting fish in a barrel. All you needed to do was have like an okay photo and not be a dick and you'd be getting laid like a rock star. It was that great. And, and whatever the next big dating trend is, if you can get in early, you can get to reap those benefits. So what do I think the next big trend is? I don't know. You'll have to wait and see. So to really begin to understand what the future might hold, it does help us to look a little bit at the past first. Now, I don't want to go too far into the past of dating. I might do that later with some speculation. But for now, let's just go back another 10, 15 years, actually maybe closer to 20 years. And there were three major ways that people would, men and women would meet each other. It would be the workplace, at a house party or through friends, uh, or at a nightclub, disco, you know, night spot, whatever that may be. They were kind of the three major ways that people would meet people. And out of those, look, let's be honest, the workplace was already becoming risky even 15, 20 years ago. It was already starting to become a little bit of a dangerous place to meet people. Um, You had your house parties and through friends, but again, a lot of guys didn't have a good social network. So that was out of bounds to a lot of guys other than those who had big social networks around them, which really left the nightclubs and bars as a way to go and meet women. Now, if you went back 20 years when the pickup artists, I hate the term, but when that whole kind of genre came about, it exploded. I mean, going to a club and actually walking up to a woman and talking to her was was far rarer then than it was has been the last three, four years, and it was easier to get results. It's still, I love approaching women in a bar or club, and the fact is women are there to meet guys. And so people in general liked this approach. Guys liked it. Women were already in the mood to be talked to and be social. Alcohol was involved. It was a really great venue. And then guys said, well, look, if we can do it during the nighttime, what's the rule that says we can't approach a woman during the day? There's no rule to that, is there? Let's give it a try. So sure enough, guys went out and started doing daytime approaches. 
and they realize that holy crap during the daytime there's no competition not only is there no competition women have their guards down like at night times women often have their guard up women have their guards down during the day um it's really fantastic to be women also more genuine day-to-day women right not just the the woohoo fancy party girls at a club but actually more down-to-earth chicks you could meet during the day but there's a big problem with daytime approaching, and forget the Me Too movement and everything else that, that's come along and made day, day game a little more difficult. There's another problem, which is that there is a limit to the number of men who could do daytime approaching be- before it becomes a, a serious social problem. Well, what do I mean? I mean that to get good at approaching women during the day, you first have to be bad. For most guys, you first have to be bad. So you first have to make a lot of mistakes. Now, when you make a lot of mistakes during the day, you are making a lot of women uncomfortable while you're trying to get good. Now, this isn't such a problem when it's a very small percentage of the male population trying to learn to be better during the daytime. But when you have a larger number, let's say 40% of guys wanted to get good at day game, it would be day, going out during the day would be a nightmare for women. It would be stressful, angering, and they would get the police involved so that they could walk around and go by their day to day, go shopping, go buy something from the market, uh, go have coffee with the friends without being harangued by guys four, five, six times along the way. Um, and this is a serious problem. It is the biggest, the, the city where this is the biggest problem in the world right now is New York. Uh, my partner just came back from there and my partner is not um, she's a very strong woman, but she's not a feminist. She doesn't really get into the whole extreme feminist thing. But she came back from New York saying to me, you know what? I understand why so many extremist feminists come from cities like New York. Because everywhere she'd go, she'd get harassed by guys and she couldn't get a rest. She couldn't just chill out and, and be alone and have some time to herself. And it was really frustrating for her and it made her feel really unsafe. So yeah, that, you know, this is, this, this is what day game becomes when too many guys get involved in it. And it does become a problem when we'll get involved and say, this has got to stop. So day game definitely can't be the next, could never have been the next big thing. It was just good for the early adopters. Then we started to get things like online dating. Tinder, Bumble, Hinge exploded onto the scene. And it was really great for the early adopters. But now, of course, we got the problem that there's an issue with online dating, which is that, first of all, it is really easy. So it's easy access, which means pretty much every guy can jump on and go, hey, DTF, <laughs> right? Um, and be really crass and be really pushy and be really aggressive in a way they would never dare to in their real life because there's that firewall between you and the woman and it le- enables guys to feel like they can say or do whatever they like with no repercussion. What this creates is an environment where women feel targeted. They feel uh, sexualized, not in a healthy, um, you know, flattering way, but they feel like all they have to offer, all men want is just to like have sex with them, but not even like connect with them, just randomly shag and go, yeah, thanks. Goodbye. Get out of my bed. It creates this this vibe, this, um, there's a battle between men and women and online dating, essentially, you know, with women saying, hey, I want connection. I want to get to know people. You know, I want, I don't want to just randomly shag. Yes, there are a few women who are in that space and that's fine, but they want more than what guys are offering. The guys who are doing the best on Tinder are often the guys who are the most just after sex because they're the guys who work the hardest on their Tinder skills. And so you kind of get this, this, this problem where, uh, men, there's too many men on, on online dating. So the competition is really high. So you guys have to work really hard. The women are on edge a little bit. Women aren't meeting the kind of guys they really want to meet. They're not getting what they want out of online dating. So online dating is really, it's lowering the self-esteem of both men and women. I know a lot of my male watchers will think, bull crap, Tinder's not lowering the self-esteem of women. It really is. I don't want to go into it in this video. It's not what the video is about, but I work with enough women to know that, 
not in the same way that it hurts men. It's different. Like the, the knock-on comes at a different point because obviously women can match with guys easily, whereas guys can't always match with women. But it does. It really hurts women's self-esteem it, it, for, for both genders. So online dating isn't cutting it right now. It, it's largely not doing its job. Now, there are a lot of people who say, look, see, obviously society is collapsing. The world is going to a horrible place. The future is bleak. Um, I don't believe that. I believe that we as a culture are evolving really rapidly in a, in a positive way, in an overwhelmingly positive way. We're going in a good, good direction. I'm not, I, you know, I know that, I believe, I can see that there is less war than we've ever had in our history. I can see that the average human being in the Western world lives a far better life than we did 100 years ago. Um, you know, even if you have no job, you're above the subsistence level of, of people in third world countries. The world has become more and more westernized. I mean, general things are getting better. But there are some big problems. We have a loneliness epidemic. We have a depression epidemic. And these are primarily, not primarily, yeah, majority men who are struggling in these areas. They're, this is a serious problem. And so when you get this going on in a society, things will change. They will evolve. Some, something has to come next after online dating. Because people are really dissatisfied with the state of dating in general right now. And they don't know where to look. So we're going to go somewhere. It's just a matter of when and, 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 and what's going to come up. So what I think is going to come next. So number one big trend I suspect is going to happen is social network dating is going to take a big step up. Why do I think this? I think this because uh, I've done a number of surveys with women over the last uh, 20 years, actually. And one of the questions that I frequently ask is, how would you most like to meet a guy? Invariably, one of the most popular answers is I'd most like to meet a guy at a house party. <laughs> That's one of the most popular ones for women still to this day, that most me like to meet a guy through friends, through people they know, through a social network. And for a lot of guys, too, that is, feels like the easiest way to meet someone. If you're at a house party, it's much easier to meet a woman because you don't have to cold approach. You've got your warm entry. Um, you know, you've already got people around you to do that. And I honestly see some form of a social network-based dating system could be really positive. It's also really great because social networks share similar values. Social networks, they create trust. Um, you can always ask people about that person to learn about their background, the history. It's safer for, for women. Uh, it's more likely that men are going to meet women on their wavelength. So it's good for a number of reasons like this. It takes a number of difficulties of dating in the past off the table. Now, apps like Facebook dating uh, have already tried this, but you got to remember online dating was also around since like 2000 or so, like even before 2000, you had online dating apps and they were in the shadows and never doing very well until really Tinder hit the scene and just made the whole thing take off. I believe that social dating will be one of the next big things. I believe that's where things are going. I think you should keep a keen eye on new social dating apps that are going to come up because I think there's really something there that people are looking for because people are missing social connection. And if they can blend the two, dating and social connection, I think people are going to jump at it. The second potential trend, now this isn't even a trend, this is like a loon shot. This is something that I think could work really well, uh, but I haven't seen it done, at least not done well yet. And that's this. You remember blind dating? Do you remember the old days where people would say, um, oh, I've got this friend who's single, I reckon they totally like you, and they'd hook, like, hook each other up without even having seen each other or met before? I see something like this potentially being very successful. So imagine that, and this would have to be run by uh, an app like Facebook or Instagram or something where there's a already high volume of users active, that most people have a Facebook, most people have an Instagram, 
And essentially how it works is, you know how on Facebook you can say, hey, this person, you probably know this person, you probably know each other. Imagine if you could actually link two profiles together and say, hey, you and you, I think you two would like each other. I think you two should try dating, right? Imagine if you could do that randomly, anonymously, any two friends of yours, you could say, hey, I think you two should talk. If you had a functionality like that on online dating, I think that would actually start to do quite well. Because if you have any two friends, I don't know if you've ever had it where you get a friend saying, if a friend has ever said to you, hey, I know this girl who I think would be great for you, your interest is suddenly peaked. You're like, oh, what would be good for me? What would be great for me? But if that process could be automated, it could become more of a, a common thing to occur where female friends could actually link their, like girls could link their girlfriends, their female friends up with guys they know or guys they've met or guys through the social network. The number of men or women that you'd be, have access to would expand dramatically. And more than that, um, the guys who have good social connections, who actually work on those social connections, would also be the ones who'd have the most opportunity to meet women. So it would actually push society and, and men's health in a healthier direction at the same time. Do I know if it'll happen? I don't know. I'd like to see it. I'd love it if Tinder, Facebook had this feature. Would you use it if Tinder had this feature? Let me know in the comments below. Now, the third trend which I'm starting to see arise and I'm getting a little excited about because I've started to coach some clients in and that's video speed dating. So speed dating, as you've probably known it a long time now, but doing it from the comfort of your own home, online, on your phone, on your computer, having quick dates, like five minute dates with different women and then saying, yes, I do or don't like them. This is something that I've seen and I've coached a number of guys, I've sat in with them, I've listened to these dates and they're fantastic. They're fantastic because... You know, speeding is kind of weird because you go to this whole room full of people, you sit in a circle, you move around, you've got to go somewhere, you may not, might not meet anyone you like, you may meet someone you like. If you had video speed dating where you could just hop on at any time and any, any women who are around get matched up with any guys who are around, what you'd have is from the comfort of your own home, you can have these mini dates and any date that's uncomfortable, it ends really quick and you'll learn to, you could really learn to connect with people rapidly. Women would have safety uh, you guys wouldn't have the frustration of having women instantly dislike them. I think if we were to have a video speed dating system, it would have to be tied to some sort of ELO um, ranking system. In other words, uh, the more people that liked you, in other words, the better you ranked, the better that the better women that you'd be likely to meet. So you'd have a tiered system. And again, I know a lot of guys don't like a tier system, but you've got to have a tier system because otherwise you end up with guys who are really great, like really great social skills. And if they're constantly meeting unattractive women um, or women with poor social skills who aren't fun to talk to, who are awkward or who are like kind of bitchy or catty, um, they're going to leave and not use the app. Same with the women, right? You've got a woman who's got a lot to offer. She keeps meeting like low quality guys who are kind of a bit awkward or creepy. She's going to stop using the service. So you've got to have an ELO ranking system. But a ranking system is fantastic if you know that it's there and you can just keep improving, right? So I think a bit of a transparent ranking system would be absolutely game busters for any kind of video speed dating. I'm a massive fan of it. What do you think of it? Have you tried it as well? Let me know because I'm curious because I found it really, really cool to sit in on, uh, to sit in on and, and, and have a watch. The fourth option. Now, I, now as I get to four and five, I'm getting a little bit, going to get a little bit more extreme here. This is an interesting one. This one's almost going a little bit historical. Um, it, it gets involved if, if any of you have heard of any Indian dating. So when you get Indian matchmaking, because it's a big deal, like prearranged marriages and that kind of stuff. What's really huge over there is what's called biodata. Okay, and with, with biodata, what that is, is it's like it's all your information, where you went to school, where you studied, what you studied, 
um, what your parents do for a living, where you live, where you grew up. It's all this, like, it's kind of a, just a, a hotbed of information about you um, that someone might want to read if they're thinking of dating you. Now, why do I think that we might go this direction? I don't know that we will, but I think there's a possibility. And the possibility could be there because of the trends that we have around women's safety, because of the trends that we have around people are just not meeting the kinds of people they want to meet. We have this thing, this issue right now, which is the choice paradox. And the choice paradox goes like this. If you go, if you want to buy a car and you have a choice between two cars, a Holden and a Ford, Holden's an Australian car for those of you overseas, uh, that's fine. That's, that's, you, you can look at both options and, and, and really carefully map out what the best option is for you. But when you instead have to choose between, I don't know, 20 different cars, you don't have the cognitive um, space or bandwidth left to really analyze every car against every other car, right? Every option against every other option. So what you do is you have to make a, a leap of faith. You have to make a kind of a quick snap judgment about what the best option is because you can't possibly make a fair analysis of all of them. Then when you do that, you make a choice. You go, okay, I'm going to buy this Toyota. Forevermore, you walk around thinking, oh, maybe I should have bought the, maybe I should have bought the Honda. You know, maybe I should have bought the Suzuki. Oh, I don't know. The Hyundai was pretty good. And so what happens is that you start to regret the choices you made. So you never feel fully satisfied with the choices you make. Now, there's always a chance that we as a society realize this isn't going to work, that we can't keep providing massive choice to people because no one's going to be happy in relationships. It actually reduces our happiness. It doesn't increase it. So something like biodata could be a way to solve this, getting more into the matchmaking field of things where we supply all our details and people really who, who are good at matchmaking spend their time really looking over these profiles and matching people who have very similar political backgrounds, matching people who have so, sort of same interests or looking for the same things. Now, I know a lot of people might scoff at this idea, but actually I think that there's a lot to be said about matchmaking has become a bit of a money grab. I think the amount of money that's charged for modern matchmaking is outrageous, but Matchmaking is something to be said for actually looking at your, your histories and your backgrounds and, and matching those up. Um, I've seen the results of it in the past, and I've seen that actually works a lot much, a lot better than a lot of people want to give it credit for. So I think there could be something there if that sort of small niche error starts to become more mainstream. Which brings me to number five, and this is really my, the biggest, craziest idea I've got about where dating could go. I think... It's interesting. I think there's something here that could be considered. I don't think we'll go this direction, at least not for another 50 years at least. But 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 let's hear it out. What do I think is going to happen? I think there's a chance that we could go back, go back, because we've had this historically, but go to an era where women have a lot more power in the dating scene. What do I mean by this? I mean that however dating is going to work, women are going to be the ones who get to determine who they date, who they go on dates with, who they like, right? A lot more power could fall into women's laps around dating. And I feel like this could happen for a number of reasons. One is that there's a lot of safety issues around women's stuff. We've got the Me Too things. We've got women empowerment. Now, I don't think we're going to suddenly fall into a um, 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 matriarchy, but I think there is a lot to be said about we're letting women take charge of dating. Why? Now, I've said this in previous videos. I'll link to here if you want to hear more about it. But basically... Every society or group, subgroup that I've ever been in where women are in control of dating, dating is better for men and women. So what happens is that men 
when women are in charge, women have more safety. Women determine what isn't is an appropriate behavior for men. And what you suddenly get is women relax. And when women relax and there's le- they don't have their guards up, all of a sudden there's more promiscuous sex. <laughs> all of a sudden there's more um, there's more love, intimacy to go around. It's really interesting thing that you see if women take the lead in dating. Honestly, from what I've seen, dating gets far better for both genders. And I don't know if we're ever going to reach this point on a worldwide scale. I mean, we've got religion standing in the way. We've got a lot of um, very male-centric thinking around dating still. And, and maybe it just won't work. But I think there's so such great, from what I've seen in smaller subgroups, there's so much potential for this to, to, to change dating like for the good in a massive, massive way. I don't know if any of you guys have been around female-centric dating circles, but when you have, what has your experience been? I'd love to know in the comments below as well. That's it for today's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. Don't forget to check us out at schoolofattraction.com. I highly recommend you check out my comprehensive and free dating personality test, which you can find by clicking personality test at the top of the page. Thanks again for tuning in, and I look forward to seeing you in my next podcast.